No, I'm not lucky, I'm blessed. Yes, clap for the heavyweight champ. Me, but I couldn't do it all alone. We What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the I'm Not Lucky, I'm Blessed podcast. Cheers. Hey, guys, so before we start today's episode, I would love to introduce you guys to our wonderful sponsors, The Vein and Associate. They're a luxurious concierge company located in Boston, Massachusetts. So if you live in the city and you're looking for a concierge company for your apartment, then go pay them a visit at devaneandassociates.com. I repeat, devaneandassociates.com. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the I'm Not Lucky, I'm Blessed podcast, the show where we celebrate young entrepreneurs and their achievements, and then we teach up and coming entrepreneurs how to make profit using their passion. And as usual, I'm your host, Lucky the Most. Enjoy the show. Episode 80, pretty special one. I have a special guest in the building. A great friend of mine, and Miss Vanessa. She was a lady that inspired one of the podcasts that I had the other day. Um, I was in a van with her, and we were getting to know. I was getting to know our business, and along the line, I discovered that this lady has an amazing, you know, business that a lot of us are not aware of. Even as um, the black community, we have no clue. Immigrants, we have no clue what we are entitled to. You know, being in this country, being alive. So. Vanessa is here to talk about our business and tell us the importance of that business and how we can, you know, be part of it. And if you're someone that is listening to, like, you're listening to this podcast and you you feel that this is a field you want to go into, you can 100% reach out to Vanessa to hook you up. Okay, so with that said, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for the one and only Vanessa. <laughs> thank you, Lucky. Thank you, Lucky. How you doing, Vanessa? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I've never done a podcast on a Tuesday evening before. Oh, wow. What yes. do you usually do? Friday. Oh, okay. <laughs> No, no, Saturdays. Okay. Saturdays in the middle of a day. But, you know, you're, you're special. You're traveling on Saturday. Yes. And I'm like, if I don't do this, man, I, I don't think it's... I good. know. I know. I'm always, like, going back and going forth back, and everything. So, yeah. But, but I'm happy to be here. You asked me. So, without a, a shadow of a doubt, I was like, you know, my bro, my friend, like, yes. thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for coming on the podcast. Yes, so um, can you introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, out in the field, I would say my name is Dr. Vanessa Nicholson. Um, I have been in the field of public health since I was 19. So oh. it's going about on about uh, 13 years because I'm 34 years old uh, right now. And uh, basically, I'm what is considered to be a public health doctor. So I have a bachelor's, but I also have a master's in public health, and I have a, a DRPH in public health. Now, not many people are as familiar with a DRPH as opposed to a PhD. Uh, so how I like to uh, explain the difference between the two, a PhD is more so a person that heavily relies on research and they focus on the theory to explain how things are the way they are. Yeah. Whereas a DRPH, okay. I'm considered in the field to be a public health doctor. Gotcha. So the difference between, let's say, a public health doctor and a medical doctor. A medical doctor focuses on uh, the illnesses of an individual, yeah. whereas the public health doctor focuses on the uh, wellness of the mass population. Oh, right. And so by being a public health doctor, I mainly focus on um, preventative medicine rather than uh, medicine that is a reaction to a, a symptom that an individual is having. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if there's any sort of uh, phenomenon, uh, let's say, for example, with the COVID-19 epidemic, yeah. that didn't just um, affect one person, but it affects um, masses mass of people. Yeah. So that's when, you know, people in my field, we come in and then we basically assess who's uh, being affected, yeah. uh, who's inequitably uh, being affected or uh, more 
um, more than others. Why is this is why is this the case? Uh, and then once we find out that, then we're able to develop solutions to help those that are most vulnerable uh, and those that are most in need. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So how did you end up in this field? Well, uh, so. Oh, okay. So, shallow dream, whatever. I was about to say, I'll try to give you the short version as possible. Actually, uh, once I graduated with my bachelor's, I knew nothing about public health. I actually, uh, my bachelor's, uh, I have two. Uh, So, I graduated from an international business program at Mississippi State, and I focused on uh, business management and Spanish. Uh, And then afterwards, being a person that was still in Mississippi, there was like no opportunity at the time. This was 2009 when I graduated. So this was right around uh, where a recession was happening. So uh, when it came to just looking for jobs in my field, which was business, I really couldn't find much. And so I said, let me go ahead and go back to the drawing board. And I uh, decided to go and get my master's. Mm -hmm. But I didn't exactly know what I wanted to go into. And so then I literally just typed on Google. You have to remember, I was like 20, 21, 22 at the time. So I literally uh, went on Google and I said, you know, what are some majors that people go in uh, to help people help themselves? Mm. And so public health came up. Yeah. And so when public health came up, uh, I went to uh, an HBCU. So for those of you all that don't know, an HBCU uh, stands for Historically Black College and University. So I went to Jackson State, got my master's in public health there. And yeah. to, you know, at the time, my thinking was I don't want to totally remove myself from business. So I went into health policy management because at the time uh, what I wanted to be was a healthcare administrator. Mm-hmm. So uh, there is so healthcare administration. It basically links public health, healthcare delivery with the business side of things. So after that, I said, "Wow, I really like uh, public health. So let me go ahead and get this doctorate." So I applied for two programs. One yeah. was uh, in Houston, uh, University of Texas, which I got into, and the other was uh, some university I can't remember, but it was but out in New York. I didn't get in. I didn't get into it. They rejected me before <laughs> I like before the deadline even ended. Um, but I got into UT. I only applied to two. Most people they apply to like six or six, seven just yeah. to ensure that they get in somewhere. Yeah. But I only applied to the only other university I applied to was UT, and I got it. Nice. And so uh, I majored in management policy and community health practice while I was there. So that's where I received my doctorate. And so that's when I got ex- um, introduced to fields and including epidemiology, environmental health, and really what I saw was a pattern of the types of people that Mm. were negatively um, impacted more so than others. And so then that's when I started to get into understanding uh, the importance of equity when it came to people that look like you and me, uh, when it came to people of color in general, or someone uh, who just historically belongs to, um, or someone who has in the past has been historically been a part of a marginalized uh, community. And I really, it really got me into policy and got me into really understanding why things are the way they are. Um, You know, being, you know, I I would say on a societal scale, you know, there are a lot of things that are quote unquote uh, against me, being black, being female, being from the South, um, you know, being used to being overlooked, right? And so um, I just thought that I don't care how, you know, things have been. Yeah. You know, today's a new day. Yes. And so that is in combination how I came into the field that I work in now, which is black maternal health. Gotcha. And I don't know if you know what's going on in the United States today, but um, compared to our other peer nations, 
we have an abnormally, um, uh, I would say, undesirable outcomes when it comes to maternal health in general mm. uh, for all women. So regardless of their age, regardless of their race or anything like that. But then it's even worse when it comes to uh, women of color, you know, of childbearing age, and even worse than that yeah. when it comes to black women. Yeah. And so the phenomenon that we're discovering is that, um, you know, certain providers' biases, whether known or unknown, may come into play and that may negatively impact the way they deliver care to their patients who may not look like them. Yeah. So that's how I kind of got into uh, my business. Uh, uh, today and when I say we just had our conversation on Sunday, I just like literally started my business maybe like a month ago. Like a so month I'm ago. still in fresh. the yeah, very fresh. So still in the you know uh, workings of that. Um, but the business is called Millprint, and basically it focuses on health. Right? Millprint, yeah. so M I L P R I N. What's yeah. the M I like regular mill or does that sound for something? Well, it stands. It's it's my two. It's the combination of my two grandfathers' names. Oh, oh nobody actually asked that question. So um, my uh, maternal grandfather, his name was uh, Milton, and then my paternal grandfather, his name was Prince. Oh, so I put the two together. Millprint. Mil Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, cool. That's yeah. So cool. I put it together. No one's actually ever asked that. So uh, I don't know. That put a smile on my face uh, yeah. when you asked that question. I, I know, you, right? I you got you. You. <laughs> you got me. You got me. You got me. Uh, so why I asked that question was it sounded really special. Yeah. And like it just I, I'm, something behind that name. Yeah, like she wouldn't just randomly like because people use names that they've seen. Right. But if it's something that like it's not something you hear every day, it means that it's coming from somewhere, you know. Right. So it's good to, you know. Right, yeah. right, right. Well, shout out to you, man. Pay, yeah. You know, show love to you. Both grandparents. Yes, yes. It means they played a huge role in your life. They did. They uh, did. Absolutely. They were two very strong men. Yeah. Led their families, um, you know, did right by their I mean by their wives, their children. And oh, I mean, wow. you know, like I, I I can honestly say, had it not been for the effort of those two men, two I would not be here today, oh, and I wouldn't wow. be as uh, bold and vocal, which is what you need in yeah, equity yeah. when you're advocating for people who you know who who need you know healthcare and not just healthcare that is just thrown at them, but healthcare that specifically focuses on their needs. Oh, and by the way, I forgot uh, to mention, but you know, meal print is something that I do, you know, as um, more so of my passionate side. Not to say that, you know, what I do for my job is my is not passionate Passion, and everything yeah. because honestly they both intertwine. I would just say that they're different parts of me. So Millprint is my upcoming business that I do uh, on the side, but also, you know, by profession on an everyday basis, I'm an assistant professor at Tufts University School of Medicine. Gotcha. And the reason why I emphasize that is because a lot of times people hear professor, they hear um, medicine, and so they automatically think public, I mean, they, they automatically think medical doctor. Yeah. But I always, you know, emphasize I'm not a medical, medical doctor, doctor, I'm a public yeah. health doctor. Yeah. But the reason why uh, my position is important because I basically educate those who are going to be upcoming medical students, or they're already medical students, but they're going to be uh, upcoming medical doctors, doulas, midwives, yeah. and basically I educate them on being aware of their biases so that by the time they become practitioners and while yes. they're still in training, yeah. they know how to better take care of individuals who may not look like them, mm -hmm. may not necessarily uh, share their same backgrounds compared to, you know, those who have came before them. Because we're always trying to improve health, but, you know, so much of the responsibility has been given to the patient, uh, which, you know, that is important. 
but it also needs to be a shared responsibility. So not just on the patient or the person who's receiving the care, but it also needs to be, you know, focused on those who are delivering care and those who are educating those who are delivering care. It's all, it's a, 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 it's it's a, it should be a collaboration of efforts. Everything, Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. So you sound like, so as far as, you know, one thing I love about you is always, is it always starts with not knowing. You get it, right? Right. Like how you started this, the journey. You said, you know, you were done with school and decided to go online and Google and say. It was so simple. <laughs> just <laughs> type because you I would know. love to give you like this, like really sound good sort of explanation. But I literally was like, let me go to Google. Let me go to Google and just <laughs> look for, you know. And, and but like now the knowledge you have acquired in this field is very interesting. Because I'm listening to you say all these numbers and I'm like, wow. Yeah, that's a lot. I have no clue what you're, most of the things you you're talking about. But like, how did you get to this point where you know, like you you, you you're so knowledgeable about you know what you do, mm-hmm. being good in your field? Like, mm-hmm. how does one someone listening right there and say, I want to be, I, I want to do what she's doing right now, work in public, but I have no clue. Like, how can one get better mm-hmm. and grow in the field like this? Yeah, um, that's a loaded question. So I'll go ahead and say what has worked for me. Yeah, What has worked for me, one has been prayer, uh, but in addition to prayer, because a lot of times people get it mixed up. They think, oh, okay, it, I'll pray, but you have to be actively engaging mm-hmm. for the things that you want, right? So I would say in addition to prayer, following your instinct, mm-hmm. right? Um, when I first started off in public health, because my area is so specific, focused on health, equity and inequity now most people think that I started off like that actually no I actually started off in various fields I've worked at health institutes I've worked at health departments I uh, first initially got my start in uh, HIV AIDS research Uh, and so with those varying um, uh, exposures I would say what it was good for me because I found a common problem which was no matter what health outcome you focused on, it was a certain particular group of people that were always um, more negatively impacted or faced disparities more than others. So whether it was obesity and nutrition Mm -hmm. or, you know, HIV or maternal health, I always saw that there was a particular group of people, usually people of color, usually people who don't have health insurance, usually those who are health illiterate, because a lot of times, even even today, when we educate those upcoming professionals, we don't really talk about health illiteracy. We don't really talk about health literacy. So people are like, okay, what does that mean? Just understanding the basic rights that you have as an individual, understanding what is out there, what is free, how do you have access to services. Uh, And to some extent, it has been by design uh, for certain groups of people to not be aware of, you know, certain um, services that are available to them, right? Mm -hmm. Because we know they vary by location, you know, depending on the hospital they go to, it can vary by state, uh, it can vary by region, right? And so um, for me, I would definitely say following my instinct, paying attention to what I felt was right, yeah. um, because I've always had, and that, that co- comes back from uh, to my grandfathers, they have always had a sense of no matter how negatively they were treated, they always had a sense of pride within themselves. And so they had this idea that no matter how um, 
they may have encountered racism, discrimination, et cetera. They were just as deserving to have proper health care like as the next person. That's the next person. So that has always been my sort of guiding that light. My, oh, uh, but man. I have made it to be my journey. Now to help other people. people. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. Mm -hmm. So honestly, I just followed my gut. I mean, like literally there's a, a book actually by T.D. Jakes. I would encourage um, those of you all who have not heard of this book um, to read it. It's called Instinct. Instinct. And the reason why I love the book is that he really talks about following your instinct and how your instinct just guides you in understanding, okay, what to say yes to, what to say no to. Sometimes you may not necessarily know why that gut feeling is saying yes or no, but when you look at it in hindsight, you understand, you know, why that is so. And if we look at T.D. Jakes, you know, one thing about about him that I really love is that he's a multifaceted guy. Yes. He's not just a preacher, but he's yeah. a businessman. He's movie uh, a, a movie producer. Author. He's an author. He's right. father. Exactly. Uh, um, all of these all things. Of right. And so yeah. he talks about instinct. So I would definitely say self-help books. And like, if y'all don't know, like this dude right here, he loves self-help <laughs> books. And I think that's like the one thing that I just really admire him as a friend as a, and as a brother. Because you have to be guarded on who you allow in your space yes, and who yes, you, yeah. like, who you just observe, right? You know, like the fact that you are always looking to self-improve, that's yeah. something that, you know, you didn't even have to say it, but it was just like by observation, you know, that I saw that. And so... You know, all of that is a part of instinct, right? Yeah, like, there's, yeah. it's not a coincidence yeah. that we're here on, you know, your couch talking yes, about, yes, you know, yes. I'm not looking on bless this podcast, right? So it was instinctual that we had the conversation the other day. It was instinctual that, you know, you were like, okay, well, why don't you come and talk on my podcast? And I was like, well, okay, because this just feels it, it right. It just feels right, yeah. Exactly. And now I'm, I'm smiling here because you just... Move this friendship to a whole other level by saying you admire Bishop T.D. Jakes because mm -hmm. that is someone that I admire so much really? in my life. Yes. Okay, I'll give you a quick story. Okay. How did I come to know Bishop T.D. Jakes? Like, there was a point in my life where I was listening to T.D. Jakes every day, of my, like, literally morning to evening. Yeah. I can't, like, stop listening now. Mm -hmm. Or else, when I was driving the church van, mm -hmm. after church, I would play Bishop T.D. Jakes and just drive and drop my... Wow. I read this book. I read two of his books, Soa and... um. Pressure. Okay. Have you read Pressure? I haven't read. Uh, is it? Cru I've read Crushing. Cru yes, Crushing. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, Crushing is so good. It is. I didn't know how, like, the level of wisdom this guy used in writing in that book mm -hmm. that makes you want to turn pain. Yes. You know, that pressure and pain to that it is for something good. Yeah. Damn it, man. I, like, I love that guy so much mm -hmm. that. Sometimes, you know, you wish some people would never go out of this world, just stay there and keep feeding you with information, yes. with knowledge and wisdom from God. Like, that's how much I love Bishop T.D. Jakes. Like, uh, like he, he he got me hooked up on self, mm -hmm. self-help. Mm -hmm. There was a point in my life, like, um, 2016, 2018, when I just got out of school, and I made a lot of wrong choices, mm -hmm. and I was stuck in a place that nothing was working out. And I just randomly came across Bishop, Bishop T.D. Jakes on, on YouTube. And yeah. And he was so real mm -hmm. in his message. It was like a five minutes clip mm -hmm. that was saying, like, I know what you're going through right now. You get right. Mm -hmm. I know there's no one to, you know, 
motivate you. There's no one to encourage you. Mm-hmm. Job is not, you know, he, he he said all the negative things, but he's like, listen to my voice, okay? Just keep keep coming. Right. I got you. Like, at that moment, he did something that I wish my dad could do for me. You get mm-hmm. it, right? Like, I wish there was that manly figure in my ears telling mm-hmm. me that, hey, this is part of life. Right, you get, right? Like, right. This is not strange. I like, literally was like, just <laughs> looking at like it was a it was a YouTube video that he had, and I was feeling down about something. And this just goes to show you, you can continue to climb to the top and still experience pain, ex- still experience depression. Like a lot of times, people think like, oh, okay, I'm elevating, so I shouldn't feel this way. You're constantly growing, growing right? Yeah. And so I had a time where I was feeling like down and, and depressed and everything, and you know, he it was like one of the videos that I was watching and he was like, Sometimes it's not the devil. He was like, Sometimes life is just doing what life does. Life does I know. Right? And I then know. like you when, once you get that perspective, like, You're like okay. Right. Cause sometimes like like we I think we as humans, we make the big mistake of, you know, feeling like okay we've made these bad choices nothing is going how i wanted to go go. so when is it going to be my time yes but what i have recognized you know as i continue to grow into my womanhood as i continue to grow into my faith as i continue to grow into you know being a business owner like that's so crazy that i can still say that out loud like i'm actually owning my business is that thank you thank you thank you but like you're still constantly growing right yes you can you like sometimes like you can be experiencing pain just as you elevate and i think that sometimes we we forget that and it's just like life is just doing what life does it's all and and, and what i was gonna uh sorry i, I feel like i'm rambling but it's like okay. just going keep... going back to what i was saying about how um life is doing what life does, does. sometimes you just need to realize that it's not just your time when you're shining. Mm. Like a lot of times, you know, like let's say for instance, your your business, I perceive it to be more successful than mine, and then I look at you you're and I'm like, like man, mm. I wish that my business can be like lucky. When is it gonna be my time? Yeah. It's always, it's our, always time. our time. Sometimes yeah. it's our time to shine. Yep. Sometimes it's our time to go through the, fire. Through the fire. Sometimes it's our time to, to be really crushed. be humbled and crushed. And exactly. Crushed. And crushed. So it's uh, every season is your time. It's just your job to figure out what type of season you're in and a lot of times you don't figure it out until actually you have the courage to go through whatever it is that you were called to go through and you're like okay looking back on that in hindsight that was my question that was my question season right Uh, yeah that's a good one yeah it was one of his favorite lines that i that till today like makes me like just i love so much Mm -hmm. he said your reward for your previous um your reward for your previous your 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 previous challenge Mm -hmm. is your next challenge Yes. Yeah. So you think you're done. You want a reward. What you get rewarded is your next stage in life. And you it's like what? a video game. The next stage is even harder than the stage you just yes. finished. Yes. That, but that's what you get. Somebody had said the other day, they said the top of one mountain is the bottom of the next. <laughs> and I was like, when you yeah. said that, I was like, yes. That one's rude. It's real. For real. When you get on top of the mountain, you think like you're done. Right. Bro, you're just about to climb it when that Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But then when you look back on your experience in life, yeah. something that you had such a fear about or you didn't think that you were able to accomplish because you have been called to go so much higher, you can look back on that experience and you're like, what? I was afraid of that. And now, like, 
Really? Yes, yes. You yes, know? Yes, yes. So, you know, that's what keeps me going. Like, anytime I feel down and sad and depressed, everything, literally everything that I have in life now, I try to be so grateful for it. And I remind myself to be grateful for it because at one point in time, it was a dream. It was a dream, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everything. Like, yep. even just me being able to you know, get out of the South and get yes. to the East Coast and yeah. get to Boston. That was, that was a dream. You know, to be a doctor yes. and for me to become a doctor. At one point in time, I can say that was a dream. To become a business owner, that, that was, was a dream. A dream. So now, everything is manifesting itself, you know. So we uh, have to pay attention to the small blessings. And like I said, you know, I can sit here and I can definitely talk more about, you know, the business, I guess, as we continue the podcast and everything. But you know, I know that you use this podcast to really just, you know, share different perspectives yeah. so that other people can, like, really get some sort of inspiration. But please, like, take it from me, take it from Lucky. Like, the the road to success is not straight. It's not straight. It is down, Jesus up, down, Christ, up, Jesus. over, you know. Some days you, you even, like... You don't even know what you're... Like, you don't even know... Right. You don't even know what to you say in that season. Right. It's just like, like, how do you I feel? What's going on? And you're like, uh, bro, today, I just, just, I, just, I, just sur- I just survived <laughs> just today. Survive. Just survived. Right. Just survived. And that's so enough. Please. That's enough. Sometimes you don't have to, you know, break bones. And, you know, someday surviving mm-hmm. is just all you have to do someday. Right, mm, right. It's I, all you have the energy for. Yep, I agree with you. Yeah. You know, you said something about... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Um, oh, God, there's this... Oh, I missed it. Okay. It'll well, come back. It'll come back. It'll come back. Yeah. Uh, man, but great conversation. I love where this is going. And feel free to go left, right, left, right. Okay. It's life. Okay. Right, life right. It's not straight. <laughs> exactly. We told you, okay? Just, so we go, go all over the place. Up. They get the message. Right. You get me, right? We're, we're not just here to talk about, oh, business is good. Start your business. No, right. We're here to tell you. The raw facts, right? And I mean, I'll go ahead and be honest. Like, even as a as a as a as a young person, like I know a lot of times people they're like, "Oh my gosh, like you're a professor, you've made it." I've made it to this level, but at the same time, I'm still very early in my career, yeah. right? Um, I definitely, you know, go. I'm gonna go ahead and proclaim it that I'll be, you know, the best professor, you yes, know, yes, in terms yes. of health equity health, that yeah. I can be. But you know, this is a new process for me, you know in learning the business, in learning how to run uh, a business uh, that focuses on inequity. We spoke about this in the car the other day in terms of like, you know, figuring out how to market, how to let people know about your business. business, I'm still learning those things. So so I don't even have everything cut out. It's just like even understanding all the services that, you know, I would offer. I mean, you know, I know the services that I have now, but, you know, as life happens, there are going to be times where people are going to have different needs. And so those services are then going to need to be uh, updated. Mm, right. Yes. You know, so it's just so many things. So, um, and what, remember uh, we talked the other day and one of the uh, words, the key words that I mentioned was capacity. Capacity, Yes. I was right. going to bring that up today. Yep. Yes. 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 So we talked about capacity and, you know, I'm just really hoping and praying that, you know, as, I grow, I continue to have the capacity See. for my business to yes. grow yes. Um, so that I can ex- expand on the type of people that I'm serving. Yes. So, you know, I'll go ahead and let you lead that conversation to where we can get more into capacity building and everything. Um, but I thought that that was a, a, that very, was a powerful very powerful co- conversation. And, and that would lead to my next question since it's already at capacity. Like, mm-hmm. what are ways that people can, in general, like build that capacity to? Because people, some people don't really know that. 
you are not where you should be because you haven't done the the things you need to do to get to that level right you get it, right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like literally just one thing you have to do to get you to the next level mm-hmm. so like how can people build like you know it's a question for myself also like how can people build that capacity you know to keep growing i would say initially when you asked that question the first thing i thought of uh you have to be dedicated to yourself yeah. and you actually not even dedicated to yourself because sometimes you know when it comes to you and your emotions mm-hmm. um you know, you may operate on how you feel that day, right? But I would say definitely focus on, you know, what you want to do. Like, what do you want your leg? What do you want your legacy to be? Mm-hmm. And stay loyal to that. And that's going to help you with consistency. That's going to be helpful. Well, first of all, it's going to help you to be motivated. motivated and yeah. then, you know, when a person's motivated, that they're able to. Um, it's easier for them to consistently work at whatever goal that they have. I think a lot of times what we do as human beings, we make the mistake to look at someone else and they, we think that someone else has that special spark or that special thing that they have. But honestly, some of the special things are very simple. simple. Consistency, Consistency. integrity. Yeah. Let me tell you, I would, and I'm saying this as a person that has a lot of education and a lot of degrees. My integrity, in some instances, have gotten me through the door more than my education, education ever has. You know, because your 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 character, your character speaks for itself. So I would definitely say, if a way to, for someone to develop their um, capacity, have faith in your business, have faith that you can do it. Mm. You know, like you are just as deserving to be successful as the next person. You know, you have to have that belief. I always say that, um, and this is just my theory, right? And, you know, those can, you know, choose to disagree or not. But I really do feel as though fortune is not given to those who have the most money. Mm-hmm. Money is important, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But fortune is really given to those who know themselves. If you truly know yourself, the money will come. Mm-hmm. If you know yourself, that means that you know your capabilities. You know whose energy that your energy increases around. Yeah. You know whose energy your energy decreases around and when you have an awareness right then you know who to stay away from Mm -hmm. or who to gravitate towards Uh, one of the things that I try to do not even as a business owner but just as a person in general I always try to make sure that I am not the smartest person in the Mm -hmm. room because and I always try to make sure that I, to a degree, I'm putting myself in uncomfortable situations. Because is it the most comfortable? No. Oh. But at the same time, it calls me to learn and to expand my expand wings. wings. Like I'll, I'll use um, working out as an example because I know you can, you know, attest to this, right? So a lot of times we make the mistake of, oh, okay, like I want this type of body, right? But just because you say you want this particular type of body or you want to be fit in this way doesn't mean that you're going to get it. What do you have to do? You have to work out. And then you can't just work out one time and then expect expect instant results. Yes. You have to be consistent. You have to go over and over and again, again. And then once you are consistent, you'll start to see the results Results. that you have, but it can't, you can't rely on 
you know, your friends, your loved ones, mm-hmm. your friends to make you lift, lift that weight. Or even go to you, the gym. Or even go to the gym, right? Yeah. And when you're lifting the weight, is it comfortable? No. Is it is it fun? Mm-hmm. You know, n- not really. No. But over time, getting the results, yeah. you know, that's what's fun. Mm. Seeing your work pay off, yes. that's what's fun. Yes. So yes. just like, you know, with that example of having to be consistent, that's anything in life. If you For any good thing that you want in life, you have to not just um, want it, but you have to be consistent in putting in the effort. Yeah. So, you yes. know, that's it. I, I hope I answer your question when Makes it comes to capacity. Sense. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I think that's the uh, first is, um, like you said, knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. And knowing yourself is not just knowing your name. Right. Those are things that were given to you by, those are not you. Right. There, right. Those are my name is. But like we yourself is like, I was listening to one um by this guy, what's his name? Proctor and, oh, uh, what's, I forgot his name, but he, like he's like wh- they ask him. So when you go to like seminars, what are you going there to? Are you going there to you know know how to make money or anything? He's like no, I'm doing. I'm going there to know myself. Right. Like what am I capable of? That's what life is all life about. Life is all. If you can know yourself, he's like the biggest secret to success. If you once you know yourself, mm-hmm. you get right. Like deeply know yourself, not mm-hmm. know your name, what you love, your favorite. No, mm-hmm. like if you deeply know yourself. You will be successful. Right, right. And you can't be afraid to look at your flaws. Yeah. Like a lot of times people, what they'll do, and I mean, I I have been guilty of this, so don't make it, I, I don't want to be very are, clear, yeah, clear yeah. that I'm not making it seem like, oh, like I'm, I'm so wonderful yeah, and I, other people do this. No, <laughs> I mean, everything that I'm talking about is are things that I have had to, yes. you know, work through. Yes. And I have definitely made the mistake of, you know, paying attention to everything that was good and then everything that I didn't like about myself sweep it under the rug rug, but then what happened was if you sweep it under the rug it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger so right and then you have to address it and then it can be very very overwhelming Mm. so if you look at yourself and you say okay well these are you know you have to look at yourself like a business these are the pros that i have these are the cons that i have or like uh, sometimes um and for those of you all that are in business I don't know if you've ever heard of the term SWOT analysis. SWOT analysis, yes, yes. So yes. that's strength, so weakness, opportunities, opportunities and, and threats. threats yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you basically have to look to yourself and think, okay, well, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What are things that are not necessarily costing me now, but if I ignore them, they may be a threat to me later? later. What sort of opportunities? Meaning that these things are not in my possession now, but if I were to do XXX, I would, I would be able to get that opportunity, yes. right? Yeah. So I think just really analyzing ourselves, but not <laughs> analyzing ourselves too much because you can't get into the process of overthinking, which overthinking. is what I yeah. sometimes do, yeah. to where you get hesitant and you don't do anything, right? right? Yeah. So you just have to um, like not bias. look at life as the entire staircase because sometimes that can be intimidating, but put, putting one foot in front of the next, in front of the next, in front of the next, and the next thing you know, you look back and you're like, wow, I traveled a long way. That's deep. Yeah, so, wow. yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. I, 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 I blame the teacher inside of me. I try to use Please metaphors. Please bring it up. To like. No, they all make sense. They all make sense. And I trust my listeners, they get, they, they get you too. Okay. Yeah, they get you too. And then something else you talked about, like being the, not being the smartest person in the room. You get it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, you know, any room you step into, try to make sure you're not the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But just to add to that, also make sure you're the hardest working person in the room. Yes. Yes. Be a, Go to a room where you're not the smartest, but make sure you're the hardest working person. Because that's the only way you would outsmart them. Yes. 
Yes. By working hard, it means like, for example, if I'm like, I go, I love going to a gym where I'm the like the smallest guy, mm-hmm. but I, I but I want to be the hardest worker in that room, mm. yeah, and that's the only way. Few few months, the, the biggest guy will come and say, "Wow, you bro, you really you big, you're right, big. Right, <laughs> you right, 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 right." But right. W- when you st- first working, you look small, and you're like, "Okay, how do I get there?" Right. I'll work the the biggest guy. But how do you do that? You have to learn from the big guy. But whatever he teaches you, you got to do it twice. Mm-hmm. You got to do double. You know, if he does one session, you got to do two sessions. And but at the end of the day, because it's one thing to be in an in a smart room mm-hmm. and to make use of it. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to be in a smart room and just be there. Right, right, and just be there. Just and sometimes there. you were called to just be, be there. there. Mm. Like um, I was telling uh one of my mentees the other day. Uh, you know, cause she was just like, you know, Dr. Nicholson, like you, you know, you just seem like so amazing and you're doing this and you're doing this and you're doing this and you know how. And the answer that I gave her was, was this. I said, in some rooms I'm called to be the leader. Mm. In other rooms I'm called to be the follower. Oh, yeah. But in every room I make sure that I'm always the asset. Yes. So, and, 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 and I'll go and elaborate. When you are called... And this is, well, okay, let me back up. Never despise the days of humble beginnings. And the reason why I say that is because I had a humble season in my life to where I felt like I was overlooked, I was underpaid, my phone was dry, nobody was calling, calling, right? That's not this season right now. I'm always having someone call me, you know, and I'm not complaining, yes, right? Yes. But what I'm saying is I recognize that this is a busy season, season for me. Yeah. If I'm not, you know, talking to friends and loved ones, I'm talking to mentees, I'm mm-hmm. talking to students, yeah. I'm talking to, you know, uh, those who are associated with my business. Like my phone is always ringing constantly off the hook. But the reason why I say don't despise the days of humble beginnings is because when you are in that humble stage, when you uh, feel as though you're overlooked, you're actually being called to observe. Mm. Called to observe the people who are in positions where you want to be and you see how they move. You take what you like about what how they move and you actually make a note in terms of like, mm, I once know. I get there, I, I will do this better. Right. So that's why I say, you know, don't despise those days, because then when you're in a a position where you are shining, you don't know who's your friend. You don't know who comes with pure intention. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody's calling you. You don't really you you have to be more intentional in making time for yourself. But when you're in that, you know, in the days of humble beginnings, you know, you have all the uh, time in the world. world. and, 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 And that goes out to people who feel like, oh, you know. I went to school to get this degree, but I'm not really using it. Trust me. Time Eventually, you will begin to use it. Easy. You or it, even if you don't use it, as long as you are a productive person, as long as you are willing to work, people will find work. Mm. I can't tell you how many times people have told me that they you know, went to school for some, uh, one thing and they're doing something totally yeah, different. Yeah. And they don't have any regrets because maybe what it is is that by going into that major, it called you to be on a certain journey that you needed to inform you on how to do the what you're one. doing today, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, like, for instance, my um, going, and I'll use my own self for, for an example, when I was getting my bachelor's, I was uh, doing international business. I don't know how, I don't know why, because I'm, I'm, I'm a country girl. I've always been from a rural area. Yeah. And so, you know, this love for 
international business. I don't know where it came from. At the same time, did I exactly use my major? No, I didn't. But what it called me to do was to be in environments with people who may not be from where I'm from. Oh. From people who may have have uh, may have a different way of life, yes. and so those people then became my assets, and they're still my assets for what I'm doing today. Gotcha. You see what I'm saying? Like at first it didn't make any sense, mm -hmm. but getting in that environment now mm -hmm. and where you are, once you put two and two together, it's like that was really the one, right? Because right. you, you get to walk in their shoes now. Exactly. It's different from being outside. You were. In the crowd, yeah, and learning from exactly, exactly. Like even when I had went to UT, yeah, uh, and I don't know, maybe I've told you this before. I told your fiance, I told somebody in the van. I remember, but um, you know, one of the things that I appreciated about going to UT is that even though that there, there were people who physically looked like me, yeah, most of them were Nigerian. Oh, right? Yeah. And so because I already had this sort of understanding from my major yeah. to be, you know, to have a sense of cultural humility, um, sensitivity, being open, even if you're not familiar, just be open. You know, I carried that when I had went to school with uh, Nigerians. And one thing I can say that I specifically appreciate about Nigerian culture, you know, I always tell my American friends, if you ever meet a Nigerian, they will not say, accept no. Do, no yeah, they yeah, will never say <laughs> they, they can't, they can't do, do something, something yeah. right? But, like, coming from my background, you know, and it's not to say that every African-American feels this way, but there is, you know, you know, when you just think about the tra trauma of slavery and how that has passed on from generation to generation, so many times, you know, we as a culture, we think to ourselves, oh, well, we may not be able to do this, and then it's like, you know, you have your friends and sometimes your family because, you know, they just want the best for you. So they may, you know, tell you things like, oh, well, don't you know, do, well, why don't you major into something else? Or why yeah. don't you, you know, it will give you say you can't do it. Well, maybe you just yes, find a different yeah, route. Yeah. And I'm like, no, nah, Nigerians, no, no, no. Nigerians. They, oh, yeah. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, you don't know. Like, I like how you came up with that accent. I like how you came up with that. Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Why are you feeling sorry for yourself? <laughs> like, you can use that energy to do what you initially focus on doing. Because you're already feeling sorry now. Exactly. And so by hanging out with people that yeah. were from my same cultural background, I was like, wow, these people just have a certain confidence that I just have never seen. Yeah. And I was able to apply that confidence when I went for jobs, when I established my business, when I would advocate for people who I know couldn't speak for themselves. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you just never, no experience that a person has it's in their life is a waste. I feel you. No experience. It, 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 you may not understand why you're going through that experience now, and you're not supposed to, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. But eventually you will understand, like, you know what? That's why That's I went through I that went experience. Through. Mm. So Sometimes it's just one thing that you get out of that experience, and you just, like, make sense. Right. All the years I spent there, it was just for this one moment, and now it all makes sense. Exactly. Oh, wow. Exactly. Oh, wow. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So, hey, shout out to Nigerians out there. Hey. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, back to the business. Okay. Uh -huh. Tell me. So, you are a health health equity consultant. Mm -hmm. Tell us more about this role. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So basically, yeah, I basically consult uh, any and all people uh, in health equity. Those are providers of those uh, in the healthcare industry, and also those who are recipients of healthcare. 
Uh, so a lot of times people don't understand the difference between equality and equity, which is something that we, we talked about the yeah. other day. Yeah. So equality, uh, I'll give you an example. Let's say, for instance, we have two people. So there's Lucky, there's myself. Equality in terms of healthcare is saying, okay, we're going to give both of these individuals the same thing. At the same time, what we have learned over time, you know, being that our country is culturally diverse, right? Lucky's needs may not necessarily be the same as my needs. Mm. Lucky is a man. I mm. am female. Lucky may have a certain, you know, illness, but that illness may not necessarily be my illness. Yeah. Not necessarily trying to speak that over yeah. your life. Yeah, but, you know, just using it as an example, example right? Yeah. Yeah. So what health equity does, it assesses, okay, who is Lucky? What is Lucky going through? Right. Okay. What is how does Lucky want to receive care? You know, all of those things come into play. And then I help that person to develop a regimen for them. Mm, right. Yeah. And then, you know, and again, I want to be very clear. I'm not a, a, a medical doctor. I'm a public health doctor. So what I do is that I look at uh, a particular health uh, issue and then I look at policies and regulations that are surrounding that health issue so that by the time that that person goes into the provider's office that person knows what questions to specifically ask yes. for their mm. uh, certain issue right so health equity is basically saying okay we're not going to give these two people the same, same treatment. treatment because they require different things mm. so health equity is really assessing what is your individual need now Earlier, I had talked about the difference between a medical doctor and a public health doctor. A medical doctor basically assesses an, uh, individual needs, and a public health doctor assesses issues for the masses. So you may be a, a bit confused because, you know, I'm saying, okay, individual, I thought mm -hmm. you were, you know, mass. Okay, so he here's the difference. There are certain illnesses or what I would call health disparities that masses of people experience. So, for example masses of people of color do not have health insurance. Yes. Now, it's not to say that people who are, you know, white don't have health insurance, but we know that in this country, you know, a good, uh, uh, I wouldn't say majority, but a lot of people who yeah. are people of color have, don't have health insurance. And why is that? Well, when you look in this country, how do people acquire health insurance? Mostly they acquire it from their job, yeah. okay? But then when you look at the types of jobs that, you know, people of color have versus, you know, white individuals, a lot of them have either part-time jobs or jobs that, you know, don't offer health insurance to them for whatever, for reason. whatever reason. So yeah. that's where I come in to say, okay, you know, you don't have health insurance, but these are the free services that are available to you based on your needs. Yeah. Or, you know, you don't have health insurance, this is how we can uh, help you to get health insurance. Because a lot of people don't really want to recognize it, but, you know, healthcare, it's a business. It's a business. Yeah. It, it, it's a business. And it's actually one of the main businesses in this country. So I basically help people in terms of understanding how to navigate through that to get the most optimum care that they need for their particular need at the mm, time. Mm, so, wow. yeah, very That's specific. But again, you know, <laughs> I didn't just fall into this. Mm. I really had to go through like a multitude of different routes to just even understand a common phenomenon yeah. right because it is by design yeah. you know it yeah. is by design where you know people of color in this country they do experience you know um you know lack of health insurance or you know like even with the um situation and this is getting a little political here but you know with the recent overturning of roe versus wade yeah. right um you know people who are already marginalized are going to 
be even more affected, affected by, by that, that sort yes, of decision, yes, yes. right? And so, you know, I'll just leave it at that because I don't want to make it seem like I'm speaking on behalf of Tufts. This is, you know, Vanessa speaking personally. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I basically help people help themselves, with go, which goes back to, you know, the 21, 22-year-old Vanessa yeah. when she was on Google and she was like, how yeah. to help people help themselves, how to advocate for yourself, how to um, instill patient empowerment for people who want care, but maybe they don't even know what to ask, yes. how to ask it, Mm-mm. right? Because, I mean, there's no... Where are you going to learn it? Are you going to learn it in in, in public school? No. No. You know, like they're they're so busy focused on, um, you know, passing tests, you know, state tests and everything. And it's not to say that that's not good. You know, it is, you know, you know, our system is, you know, I'm sure that there's a purpose behind that. But it's just certain things in this country you are expected to advocate for yourself, but nobody actually teaches you how to advocate for yourself. So, yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, man. Yeah. So, what is your your business like? What can it offer to an immigrant? Like, you know, like, or what is out there for an immigrant? An immigrant that is in that is in the United States and trying to. Because mm-hmm. speaking from personal experience, mm-hmm. I still don't even know what's out there for me. Right, 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 right. And sometimes these immigrants are like scared mm-hmm. to go out there and ask, right, because of the times that we live in. So they just settle for whatever they they find mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it gets to the point where now it's super 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 bad mm-hmm. super super late mm-hmm. someone's sick and couldn't go to the hospital and now it's like almost dying before mm-hmm. now you you kind of like go to the hospital and then realize that you had all these options available for you but you never made use of any of them right yeah. right right so okay so i'll it that's a loaded question so i answered it in two parts one, it depends on where you're physically located. Yeah. So I can't just really say, okay, well, this is available to you because I don't know if you're in Mississippi, Mississippi or Massachusetts. Yeah, and yeah. Th- that healthcare is like night and day. But the good thing is, is that we have different sources that would help us along the way. Honestly, I would just start off on Google and just assess, okay, what are free health services that are available to me? What are some questions that I need to ask, right? Start there. Uh, I would definitely say um, if you want to get into advocating for yourself, go to find out uh, when they have town hall meetings, specifically when it talks about anything dealing with wellness and wellness of the community and really just network. Right. Um, So I know I'm not answering your question directly, but it really in this country, it depends on where you where you work, um, where you live, um, uh, your health insurance or lack thereof. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like that's where my business comes in, where I can't actually say, okay, what this individual um, has access to. I would need to know all of that information so beforehand no. to go ahead and help them to say, okay, well, this is the specific person you need to talk yeah. to. This is the specific uh, services that you need to advocate for yourself on. Okay. okay. Yeah. Because I was going to ask you, how do you come in this picture? You get like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. how do you come in this picture of helping? Like, so basically what I do, so so I do research. Yes. So I would then, like, let's say, for instance, you were interested in, in uh, uh, acquiring my services. I'll do, like, a consulting, you know, fee or conversation for, like, 30 minutes. Yeah. In that 30 minutes or prior to then, um, I would have you tell me, okay, whether you're male or female, what's your location, um, are you an immigrant or not, um, you know, because those type of things, they come into play, right? Yep. Um you know, do you have insurance? If so, what kind of insurance do you have? 
uh, are you, do you have Medicare, or Medicaid? Because just being honest, remember I, I go back to how I mentioned earlier, Medicaid, um, medical um, services in this country, mm-hmm. it's a business, mm-hmm. right? There are actually some providers who will not see those who have Medicare, Medicare or Medicaid, or they don't have any insurance, right? Mm-hmm. Because they don't get you know the full return that they want. Yeah, so yeah. I ask all those questions, and then I will do what I would call a mini research. Um, beforehand to say, okay, this is what I found for yep, you. Yep. These are the sorts of questions that you can uh, ask your provider the next time you go. Or if you don't have a provider, I can assist you in getting in contact with someone who could act at, uh, in, in the place of a provider to get you the services that you need. Because one thing that I'll never do is act as a medical doctor because no, that's yeah, not my that's expertise. Not, yeah, yeah. But I, what I do is I help a person. I basically serve as their patient navigator through the system. Through the system. Yeah. I mean, you make it a lot easier for them to just go out there not knowing what the right places to go to. Mm-hmm. You, you tell them the right places to go to, the right questions to ask, right. to speak to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, okay. Yeah. And so I have sense. to do research ahead of time and everything because, again, all of those things, being an immigrant, you know, those, those things, they come into play, yeah. right? Because there are certain uh, health services that are available to, you know, those that are, you know, citizens as opposed to those that are not. You know, so you and and again, it's by design. Yeah. Um, and the reason why you know a service like mine is needed is because you don't really have a lot of people that are offering you know the services service. that I do, but there's such a dire need, yeah. right? Yes. Uh, and then again, going back to me figuring out how do I market this because you know, and we talked about this, you know, when it comes to people wanting an, a house, everybody always wants a house. house. They can see physically see a house you don't really see equity until there is an illness or a situation that comes up. And then the doctor tells you, well, if you would have came to me, you know, six months ago ago, or, you know, a couple of years ago, we could have gotten this situation under control. But there are so many services, so many preventative services that are out there, right? Like, let's say, for instance, you know, a lot of times people don't really realize, uh, but, you know, out of the illnesses in this country, Seven out of ten are are are, um, are um, as a result of chronic illness. The reason why that's important to know is because chronic illness is preventable, yeah, right? When yeah. it comes to like obesity, obesity diabetes, yeah. heart disease. Okay, so beginning. you need to know then. Okay, well, where's a gym? Where's the local gym that I can go to for a discounted rate or to go to for free? free. You know what I'm yeah, saying? So yeah. those are the sort of things that I help you out with. Mm, so yeah. Mm. You know, these are like little, little things, but that go a long way. Go a long way. That Absolutely. Go a long way. And, and that's why I think people don't look at this because it's a little it's a little thing. You get it, right? People, mm-hmm. people want to wait till it gets chronic. People want to wait till it gets big. Back. Mm-hmm. And then now that's when they, when they want a huge help. Right. Get, right. Right. But these are like little things that could help reduce something big in the future. Right. I mean, like, for instance, there's no reason why in this country a person should get their leg amputated because they have diabetes. diabetes yeah. You know, it's just... How did you, you get look, to that, even that to that level? Right. Yeah. How did you get to that level? Where was someone in place to say, okay, this is what you need to do, and then how did they assist you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, those sort of things that come into play that I help people out with. So, again, basically, helping people to become more health literate than what they are. And a lot of times those people are those who have been historically marginalized. God, wow. Because myself too, I am. I have no knowledge of anything health. Mm-hmm. You get right? Mm-hmm. All I know is just, I don't know, literally like, 
I I hardly even go to the hospital. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So when you, when when you speak like older oh, people out there, I'm like, yes, I'm one of them out there. Yeah, like, yeah. And and hearing that there's a there's a service like this makes me feel, oh wow. Mm-hmm. Because now now I'm like, okay. Sometimes people don't want to do the stress. People don't want to do the stress of going online to look for things. Mm-hmm. That's where even personal trainer comes in. You get right, that. and so, it can be stressful because it's it's stressful to know that you need yes. something, but you don't even know, you know what to, to ask. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right, right. So that's the same thing as a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. I want to lose weight. Okay, can you help me? Now it saves me the stress of you know going online to look for a program, mm-hmm. creating my own program, mm-hmm. and you know someone just gives you the guide. Like, okay, this is what I want you to do. Boom, boom, boom. Right. A lot easier. Saves you time and money. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, why, why don't a lot of people know about this? You know, well, consulting. I'll, well, I'll I'll be honest because it's fairly new. Yeah. Uh, the, the the and when I say fairly new, not just the services, but you know, a lot of times in this country, people have to have an awareness first of like it being an actual issue yeah. before you know services come out about it. And so this whole thing about equity talk. It really, it has always been there, but I think it really sparked after the 2020 issue with George Floyd uh, and bringing to light how, you know, various people in this country, people, specifically people of color, how they have encountered uh, certain unfortunate Unfortunate circumstances. circumstances, And a lot of those unfortunate circumstances are linked to their health. That's when you really start to see a push uh, and a talk for uh, health equity. Because remember before, you know, when we talk in the civil rights movement, a lot of the civil rights movement of the 1960s uh, or 50s and 60s, it mainly centered around equality. equality. Yes, yes, right? yes, yes. It was, you know, we want the, Equal, same, books, the same books, you know, the as same, these kids. We yes, want the same yes, this and same that. Yes. And so what happened over time is we saw that, okay, it's, it's it needs same. to go further. It needs to go further. Right. Yeah. It's not just a, a situation of equality, but, you know, and then that, that and, and you also have to look at how our country was 50, 60, 100 years ago. Yes. A lot of a lot of our country, not to say that all of it, but it was more black, just black, white. Over time, America has become so, so much more co- culturally diverse, diverse to where that's why you need equity talk, you know, um, uh, for instance, and it's not just a race thing, but it's a cultural thing too. For example, you're a provider, and let's say, for instance, one of your patients has uh, an illness, right? In some cultures, like let's say, for instance, that patient, she is a mother and she has grown children, you don't tell that patient that they're ill. You actually tell their children or you tell someone that's related to them, them. and then that person that's related to them tells them their illness. Gotcha. But how are you supposed to know that? Because there's nowhere in the medical curriculum that talks about equity. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's, you know, at first, the reason why people don't know an answer to your question is because this is fairly a new conversation that is becoming formal. Yeah. People have had their private talks, but now it's more, you know, we're focusing on equity research. Yeah. But even if you look at, you know, the research papers in, in the past, it has been... Um, I would say the authors of, of research have been very homogeneous in as much as the authors were mainly white and mm-hmm. they were mainly male, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. we know that that's not the only representation of a group of people in this country. It is it is a representation of a group of people, but not all, all people, people in this country. Yeah. So as, you know, we become more equitable in, you know, being representative of the people that we're serving, that is how you will see over time more and more of these type of businesses come up. But, you know, I just hope and pray that, you know, I'm at 
I'm one of the beginning ones of this conversation. <laughs> Man, I'm glad we're doing this. Like, really, like the more I didn't even know it was this powerful because now I'm seeing. I know people that have no clue of these things, you mm-hmm, know, right? Mm-hmm, they just mm-hmm. run away from them, like right. run away, like because if they sick and they just stay at home and. It's nothing to do. It's like, I don't, I don't know what to do, man. Right, you know? right. Yeah, and... And I'm how like, many times have we heard our relatives or heard our friends say, you know, because I'm always advocating, you know, people go to the doctor, you know, practice preventive care yeah, before, you know, it, things happen. Get screenings, get tests, get mammograms. And people are, like, I know in my family, you know, the common thing that I, I hear, I'm not going to the doctor. Why aren't you going to the doctor? Because every time I go to the doctor, it's always some bad news. <laughs> you see what I'm yes, saying? Yes, But yes. the thing is... You want to go so that so, in the event something happens, you can catch it catch early. It early, you yeah. know. And and I think too, it does. It just doesn't speak to my passion, or maybe my passion is tied into my experience. So, like for example, my mother's—I mean, I'm sorry, my father's mother. So my paternal grandmother, her name uh, was Dorothy, and I remember she got a late diagnosis of cancer. Oh. And she got it in, it was 1994. So she got a late diagnosis of cancer in July. By that October, she was gone. Oh, my God. So that's what we consider to be a late diagnosis. But had she been going to the doctor, participating in preventative health early, then there's no telling. Even if it was a bad news. Exactly. You would get it earlier and then work on and it. We, and we, right. There could be some sort of, you know, therapy that comes into play. But it was so late, so late. that they didn't even know what type of cancer it was. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, they determine the type of cancer based on where it initially starts. starts yeah. So if it starts in the breast, then they they identify that as breast That's cancer, right, yeah. right? But by the time that she got diagnosed, it was all over. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So, <sighs> yeah. So it, it all links up, you get me, right? Mm-hmm. Now I'm hearing your, your late grandma's story. Yeah. I'm hearing how you moved to, you know, this location. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm hearing how you walked with people from, you know, minor, you know, my ethnicities and mm-hmm. nights are making sense that everything was just planned out. Yeah, exactly. And But the thing is, I didn't plan it and, out. That's what I'm saying. Yes, you I just literally put one foot in front of the next, in front of the next, in front of the next. I heard uh, this one um, uh, saying, I know, okay, so he's, uh, some people would consider to be him to be a secular artist but one of my favorite rappers is Jay-Z, Jay-Z yeah. and you know they asked him about his success and he said one of the genius things that we did is that we didn't give up mm. and honestly that's what it is, what it is. like it's... life is not a like it's not a race it's a marathon yes and if you really here i am going with one of my metaphors again we could be two people right mm-hmm. and you could be running faster mm-hmm. than me but if you stop but I'm just walking, walking the whole way, and I continue to walk the whole way. I will win the, the race. Win the race, yeah. Right. So it's like it's like sometimes I think people Going are like, fast. I need to, I I need to do this, I need to do this, and everything. Right. No, focus more. Focus so, don't more. focus on the speed so much. Focus on the consistency. Consistency. Yeah. 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 It's like a conversation I, I was having with on God's and the other day. I've been telling people like, some people know what to do. Mm-hmm. They know where to go. Mm-hmm. But they just don't have that power of not giving up. Mm-hmm. And then there are people that don't know where to go. Yes. But they got the power to know. That's true. Up. That's true. Well, it goes back to, to, again, too, you have to surround yourself with people who have good intentions mm-hmm. for you. Because, like, for example, you can be a person, like you said, yeah. like, or I could be a person, I'll use myself. I really think I can sing. 
but I really can't. But if every everyone I'm around and no one's telling me like, hey, you may want to do something else, then I look silly. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think those people that you're talking about, how you know, it's like they don't really have the discernment to know, hey, they you need to go a different route. I, I sometimes question, like, who are their friends? Who are their friends? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. or when someone is looking busted up all the time, I'm like, who are your friends? Because somebody should care enough about you to say, hey, that dress doesn't fit. But what if someone is telling them, but they just refuse to listen? Well, then that's on them then. So then they have chosen to, you know, live that life of being stubborn because stubbornness can get you too. That's the thing, instinct. Yeah. I truly believe that if you open yourself up to, you know, just being, and and it's not to say that every opinion you have to adopt for yourself, but you also have to have the spirit of discernment. If 10 people sure. are telling you a similar message or the same thing, it is worthy of at least looking into, into you know what I'm saying? So if 10, 20, 30 people, don't get me wrong, you have all different types of people in this yes, life. Yes. There are going to be some people who like it, no matter how much you tell them, yeah. they're going to do whatever it is they yeah, want right, to do. Right, and right. there's nothing that other people can do about it because you know, as much as we want to advise people, we can't control how they receive our conversation and we can't control them. Half the time, we can't even honestly control our own emotions. So let alone trying to control, you know, how someone else, you know, takes the information that we give. But for those who, you know, really want to be successful, you know, one, you have to determine for yourself what success is for you. you, Right. Because a lot of times, like, you know, you may have, this is my frame of reference. If it if it occurs in my brain for me to do it, even as an imagination, mm-hmm. I have the capacity to do it. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that I will pursue it, mm-hmm. but I at least know that I have the capacity to do it. So you have to be somewhat receptive, but also keep a balance of being self-aware of where you are. Because just because, you know, you have to understand that you may go out for something and it may not work right then and there but a delay is not a denial yeah everything you know it, it there's so people don't really realize but there's a there's something to be said for things that occur in a timely manner but they also have to be in alignment a lot of people don't talk about alignment mm-hmm. and why that's so important for example uh children are a blessing right but if they're born prematurely, mm-hmm. there can be complications. And I'm not trying to trigger anyone who may have gone through a, yeah. a, a circumstance like this. So, you know, I definitely, you know, my heart is with you uh, and everything. Um, but, you know, just using that as uh, an analogy, right? You know, that baby should come to full term. Or mm-hmm. at least scientists, you know, OBGYNs have determined, medical doctors have, have determined, okay, once that baby is at nine months... Yeah. Just then a, that's a safe delivery. delivery yeah. But if that baby comes at four months or at five months, so that's what I mean when I say timing, right? And again, that's why you also have to pray for capacity. You have to pray that, okay, once, or, or let, me, let me not say have to, because I, I, I tend to, when I'm saying you, sometimes I'm, I'm really talking about myself, but yeah. I'm giving you my experience. experience yeah. I, whenever it comes to something or an occurrence or a situation to where I'm called to move to a different level, I not only pray for that thing to occur, but I also pray that by the time 
I receive it, I have the capacity to receive it so that I'm able to maintain it. Because if I'm able to maintain it, then my idea in my head is that I will expand. And that's what I want. Everybody doesn't want to expand, and that's okay. It's okay. You see what I'm saying? Because let me be very clear. Like People are like, well, how does she know that I want to expand? I don't. I don't. Like Some people are okay with like, this is what I know. Wherever I am, I want to keep a consistent basis. And at the end of the day, who am I to, mm-hmm. you know, speak against that? Because my journey is not their journey, yeah. right? But I'm talking about people who want to expand, you know, capacity is mm-hmm. a really, really important, you know, thing to consider. And then also mentors. You know, I, I, I'm a mentor, but I also have several so different mentors, mentors, right? Yeah. Because no one person can do it all. Mm-mm. You can be a genius, but no one person can do it all. That's overwhelming, right? Yeah. You know, they're going to be, you know, let's say, for instance, you're the masterminder, you're the visionary behind something. Someone else got has to be the finance person. Yes. Someone, Someone else has, has to, to be, be, you know, handle the handle logistics. Yeah. Someone else has to be, you know, the face or the communicator to say, hey, you know, this is why you want or, or, or you want our services, you yes, know, yes. so you just have to, again, but that that goes back to doing a SWOT analysis of yourself, of yourself. because whatever Knowing weaknesses yourself. that you have, yes. then you, what you can do, you can Look get people mentors. and you can, you can get either mentors or what you can do, you can pe- hire people or surround yourself with people who make up those very things that you lack. You lack. Mm-hmm. You think, so, you know, talking about the SWOT analysis, do you... Do you spend more time working on your weaknesses? Like, or would you double down on your strength or work on your weaknesses? It depends on what situation I'm in. Okay. Um, sometimes I have made the mistake where I focus on my weaknesses too much. So that's when I can kind of get a little sad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if I am called to honestly, like, deliver really quickly, then I think, to, like, I don't have time to focus on my weaknesses. So I'm like, okay. If I'm called to deliver something by the end of the week, okay, what do I know that I absolutely can do, yeah. right? Yeah. And then I focus on my uh, strengths. Yeah. So I always focus on my strengths when it's time for me to perform. Yeah. When there's downtime, that's when I focus on my weaknesses. Yeah. Because then I don't feel pressured to, oh, should I have this weakness? But then this is due. Mm. Oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? You know, so I'm like, okay, well, all right, well, this is due tomorrow, so I can't make up my weaknesses in a day. But with my weaknesses, I I usually, you know, I I focus whenever I have some downtime and when nobody's looking for me to perform, that's when I focus on my weaknesses. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Okay, so we we, we, we spoke about having a mentor. Like, how does one get a mentor, you know? Ask. Network. Even if, like, here's the thing, because I know... I am the type of person, or I was, um, I was the type of person where I was very shy. Yeah. Um, I really didn't know how to talk to people. people yeah. um, but honestly, even things like this, like just having a conversation, um, you know, as much as we think that we're very different, we have a lot of similarities. Um, and so I would just say, like, get mentors at your church. If you don't go to church, get mentors at your school, on your job. Um, go to different events, free or not free. When you go to a different event, have like an internal goal that you want. Even if it's for every event that you go to, you make sure to 
uh, stay in communication and exchange numbers with one person mm -hmm. because you just never know. You may end up talking to that one person and communicating with that one person, and then they may link you up with the next person, and that next person, you may be closer to the next the person, person who wasn't even yeah, at that event more than you were with the person who was there. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there is no... Um, there is no one way to network. People, regardless of their race, their age, they gravitate towards people and situations that make them feel warm. Gotcha. No matter what. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what I do. I try to make people feel warm. I try to be warm to other people. Um, but also, I would say this at the same token, because you don't want to overwhelm yourself. And I'm speaking for those of you all that will eventually become mentors. Um, it's not good spiritual hygiene to allow everyone to have access to you. Mm. And the reason why I say that is because oftentimes we as, uh, you know, uh, believers or Christians, which I am one, um, you know, we have this idea that, okay, for everybody that asks for my help, I need to be I need available. To be available yeah. No, you're called to be kind to everyone, but you really have to assess, am I called to this person? person yeah. And if I am called to this person, to what degree? Because... I may be called to be have a deeper relationship with this person as opposed to that person. So it's really just following your instinct to just see, okay, what do I already have on my plate? What is this person asking of me? What can I offer this person? And then also, what can this person offer me? Mm. And that's not selfish, right? You always want to engage in relationships to where they're balanced. And what I mean when I say they're balanced you're getting something out of it. They're getting something out of it too. Sometimes that's money, but it's not necessarily it's just money. Nice. Sometimes it's networking. Sometimes it's just being around good energy, right? Yeah. You know, cause I'm always talking about like, you know, I, I love being around people who do something totally different than what I do. Mm, right. Yeah. Like, you know, real estate or someone who's in acrobatics right and you're like Vanessa how do you have like all these random friends but then when you get my friends together you're like oh I understand gotcha. because they're always trying to self improve at whatever they do that's the key that's who I surround myself with and I mean I've gotten so in tune with my intuition with my discernment that if my if there's if there's a gut feeling to say there's something off about this person just halt yeah i don't even have to explain to myself so just it's just something. i halt yeah. right and yeah. if it's something and, and 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 likewise if it's something that's just something that's warm about this person i don't really know this person but they just seem like a very good-hearted good-natured person i want to get to know more about this person i don't know them but i want to get to know more about them then i will pursue just that i used to be the type of person to where i would have this gut feeling about someone but to me i had to rationalize yeah. like and, and tell myself well this person they didn't really do anything wrong but i just feel off well I'll continue to get to know them because I really can't rationalize why I don't feel, you know, comfortable. Yes. But then later on, a situation will happen. and I'm like, that's, that's it. That's why. That's, that's why I didn't feel comfortable. So, yeah. Quick question. Mm -hmm. So are you the one that goes by feeling or you follow your mind, that little voice in your head? What do you, what do you pick feelings or? Um, I would say both. both. You have to know when to use both. Um, 
like for instance, and I'm using you as an example, not that this is the case with you, but sometimes I could just be talking to you and the way my instinct works is just like, stop talking. And I'm like, wait, what? It's like two people are inside of me like, why, why should I stop talking? But okay, I'll stop talking. Right. And in that instance, it's a feeling, but it's a feeling that just came out of nowhere. And I'm like, okay, if this feeling came out of nowhere, there's a reason for this feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but then there are times where, you know, I'm just moody that day. <laughs> And I'm like, Vanessa, do not make any business decisions when you are in this type of mood. Don't send this email when you have this attitude. Calm down. You know, let a day pass. Let some hours pass. Go for a walk. Go get some ice cream. Go work out. Do whatever you have to do. And then make sure you answer in a logical way. You know what I'm saying? So I do both. I go by feelings and I go by mind, depending on what the situation is. Makes makes sense. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Interesting. So, like, I enjoy this conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, I'm glad you said yes. I'm glad you followed your God, your God to come out here yeah. this podcast because you're saying a lot more than I actually thought you were. Like, you're giving a like. This is so not just for my listeners too, but for me to this. this I mean, for me to this is therapeutic and. Mm-hmm. And just hearing you speak all this powerful words, I'm like, damn, Vanessa is loaded. Like, she can go all day. <laughs> and at first, I didn't think, because at first you were like this. Yeah. Like, you always like to keep it to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just hearing you speak, I'm like, damn, she she goes from this field to this field. I do. I'm field. like I'm all like, over the place. Like, I'm sorry. You, no, you're loaded. And you just need somewhere to just yeah. pour it out. You yeah, get yeah, it, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm really like, wow. So it's just like you talked about that connection we had, mm-hmm. networking and and it led to this conversation and someone listening to this podcast definitely will learn something out of this yeah. that it will apply to their life and you know the cycle just keeps repeating itself mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so it, it's it's really amazing and that brings my next question like what drives you in life like you know you, you, you've had your own shares of challenges and all that mm-hmm. but like what still keeps you going what keeps me going uh, is the effort of my ancestors gotcha um, wow. you know there is a lot that they've had to endure um, a lot of humiliation that they have had to endure for the very life that I'm living, um, a life that I'm living that they never got a chance to see. So that's what keeps me going. Also with, you know, the legacy that I want to leave behind. Mm. Um, you know, I would love to have little versions of me, uh, as well as my husband to be who, uh, you know, have little versions of us running around and them to be better versions of myself. Okay. Right. Um, definitely, you know, children that will follow their own path, mm-hmm. but hopefully, you know, instill the principles, uh, that myself and my future husband, we would, um, instill in them. So that is what keeps me going. And I would, so I would say that from like, you know, future family perspective, but also what keeps me going is, understanding that you know where I come from you know I come from Mississippi I come from not just the south but the deep south and you know coming from where I came from a lot of people don't get to make it to where I am and I always try to you know keep that sort of perspective and not have uh, an attitude of being proud or being you know get caught up in my ego because actually okay here's another book 
There's a book called Ego is the Enemy. Read it. Oh my, you read it? Right. Like I know today. Love these books. It's so good. Ego is the I'm enemy. telling yep. you, uh, this is the reason. Okay, the so obstacle is the way. Have you read the obstacle is the way? No. I'm still by him. Obstacle is the way. I'm telling you, like yeah. shout out, like lucky, like low key, like no cap. Y'all, y'all got a good host. <laughs> no, because the thing about it is, it's a lot of people that talk the talk. I'm yeah. telling you, like, I'm not even around this dude every day. I'm, a, I'm literally around him, like, what, once once, once a, a week. week. Yeah. And that's church. And, like, he's always, always, like, has some sort of, like, self-help book or whatever. And I love the fact that you train yourself. Yeah. Because what you're doing is that you're equipping yourself. And when you equip yourself, it shows. It shows yeah. But anyways, that's a sidebar. Back to <laughs> your question, which was what keeps you going. Yeah. Uh, I would say that, yeah, future family, but also, you know, just knowing where I came from. And, and, and wanting to see how God is going to shine his light in me, knowing mm, that, like, mm. you know, so many people from my home, they're like, wow, like, you made it. Yes. And I'm over here like, yeah, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still going. I'm still going, yeah. I'm still going. And so, like, for me, I'm like, okay, God. I want to see how, how see far you're going to take gonna this. Take I want to see how far uh, you're going to go with this. So that's what keeps me going. Oh, I love that. I love that. Damn, those are like powerful reasons. First, your past, you know, your ancestors, what they did, and then your future, your kids and all that. That's, and then now it's like, you want to you, you just want to see the end of all this. You get it, right? Yeah. And just having that, knowing that that final destination is a beautiful, you already have that vision, you know, up here and mm-hmm. just... Working with that, you know, just keeps you going. Mm-hmm. That is that is powerful. Yeah, I remember when I was like uh, twenty. Okay, I'll say uh, two more things before I get to wrap it up. But I remember when I was twenty one, twenty two, yes. uh, and I think I was like talking to one of my friends, and he and he brought it up the other day. Actually, uh, he's married, has kids, and all that, or whatever. But uh, it was funny because he said, "He's like, V, do you remember what you told me like over ten years ago?" And I was like, "No." Mm-hmm. And he was like, "You told." He was like, "There was something where he was jinxing me, or he was like basically playing and saying like, ah, oh, you're not gonna do that.'" Yeah. And I, and he said, "V, you told me." He said, "You told me either I'll see you at the top, or I'll wave at you from the top." And he was like, and you actually did that. And like he was and basically what he was communicating was that you always knew where where you were going, going to, be to be because you always said either I'll see you at the top, meaning I'm at the top t- with you, we, or even oh, if you're at the bottom, I'm, I'm waving at from, oh, from the top. And so I think in in words, words, manifestation Powerful. is real. It's real. It's real. There is power and death in the tongue. And the thing about it is for those of you all that are struggling with believing in yourself, knowing what direction you're going to go, even if you think it, every time you write, you write what it is you want to accomplish and you write it down as if you already have it. Mm. You know, like even to this day and like this is getting a little personal, but I always write about my children. Wow. Haven't even met them yet, really? but I always write. I, I write, thank you God for allowing my children to be receptive to your word. I don't even have children. Never have been pregnant before anything. But I, I, I write about my children. Yeah. I write about my husband. I'm not going to tell y'all about my husband. Okay. But <laughs> she told me, she told me that about Right, right. <laughs> but I, I, I write about those things. Wow. 
You know, I even, like, as a 34-year-old Vanessa, I'm writing to the 64-year-old Vanessa already. Are you serious? I'm so proud of you. Look at look at what you have accomplished. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is something I really want to... Because I am not good at writing. Okay. I want to start... Like, I... So much passion. Like, I want to write stuff like... I write stuff, okay? Because mm-hmm. of how much I want to write, I always keep a pen and paper around me right. to just write. But okay. whenever I pick something to write, I don't even know what to write. It's like, mm. what should I write? Yeah. So that kind of like makes me not to write. You get it, right? But I always keep a pen and the paper around me, but it's like, okay, what do I write? So now you've spoken about, you know, you write stuff about your kids mm-hmm. and manifestation and bringing it to pass. Like, um, I don't know, what can you advise someone like me mm-hmm. you know just to help me get started even if you're just writing a line or something like it, it doesn't even have to be a line it could just be words write down the things you enjoy so if you enjoy love write down love if you enjoy workout and these things and these words they don't have to make sense, make sense yeah. they don't even have to be related to each other like how i started writing i wrote about the things that i enjoy i'm supposed to know this this verse but there's a verse in uh in the bible where it talks about, you know, think on these things. Yes, Everything yes, that is pleasurable, good, pleasurable yeah, th- think on these things. Yeah. So I think on the things that I like. Yes. I like flowers. Flowers. Love. Getting nails done. Again, <laughs> these are things that are not Random, really relation yeah, to yeah. each other, but these are things that I like. And so, you know, even times where I, I feel down, like, and this is literally how my journal is, depending on what has gone on that day, I may write a five-page entry, wow. but then I may write, like, if I'm going through something, you know, the next day or one day, it's a simpler entry. I'm over this shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally, that's what it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that's my mood Ooh, for that yeah. day. Um, but it's such a rewarding experience to go back and look and see what you wrote because then it takes you back to where you were in that season. Because sometimes we can tend to, we're, we're always on the go. We're always hustling. You know, so many things in life that are that are constantly changing that sometimes we forget. Mm. Like, remember when you were in that season? Remember how difficult it how was? Difficult it was. Yeah, and then look at all of what you're handling now. Yes, yes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's, a, it's rewarding for me to go, back, to go and, back and look and see, look at how much you've grown. Wow. So I would say for people who are struggling to write, just write about the things that you enjoy or write about the things that you, you don't want. And then just literally put the words in front. I rebuke this. I re- now I'm the type of writer to where I try to focus more so on what I want yeah. as opposed to what I don't want because I have seen very close people in my life who, you know, I've always asked them like, "What do you want?" and they always say what they don't want and as a result of them saying what they don't want, they have never acquired what they actually do want. Mm-hmm. So I have made a rule of thumb to more so focus on you, you know what I want because that. once you know what you want Everything, everything else is, is irrelevant. Else, yes, yes, yes. It's yes. irrelevant. Yeah. Like if I know I don't want this, then you know, I, I don't have I don't have any attachment. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. I get what you're saying. Don't focus on your don'ts. Yes. There's a. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. So, myself, like a few few weeks ago, there was this book I was reading, and I wrote something on top of it. Like, cause I write like when it just pops up, I just pick pick up whatever and write. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be on a you know a book a specific book that i write my thoughts i just write the one anyway that's always kept a pen beside mm-hmm. me and two weeks ago i just came across something that i wrote like reading reading this book 
a business idea that came to me and I went back to that idea and I just like I remember that day I remember like like right now I'm getting closer to that journey you get right mm-hmm. but just because I wrote those ideas down it brought back that fire mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I had lost before mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know like just seeing just reading those I was like oh my god I need to go back to this idea again and I started working on it so like like I get what you say like when you write something and you know how how it affects you in the future is very powerful mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and i mean absolutely and the thing about it is you know cuz sometimes what you want today may be different than what you want tomorrow, tomorrow. or the next day yeah. and or or you may find that you want to elaborate more like i remember when i was first writing about my children i was just i just wanted them to be good human beings but you know j- to be a good human being that's very general now i specifically, specifically write yeah. You know, I want them to have discernment. Yeah. I want them to have the ability to say no to no. things that may threaten their destiny. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. over time, my 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 thoughts, my words, they have become more um, specific based on my own journey, yeah. right? Yeah. And like as their mother, and I even honestly, is in 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 most people are like they they kind of get like that they're, they're taken aback when um you know I tell them that I write about my children, but I even write about the grandchildren that I'll never meet. So, like, literally, like, I am, I'm, I'm very intentional, like, like, yeah, uh, I I write about, like, my 10th generation, like, grandchildren that I know I will never meet, but I am still speaking over their life. That's powerful. So when is the book coming out? (laughs) (laughs) You gotta write a book. You can't tell me with all this writing, you haven't thought about writing a book or something. I have actually thought uh, about writing a book. Let us know, so uh, we would... (laughs) I have thought about it, but not in this season. I still feel as though I have more to experience before I write it. Okay. But yeah, I definitely, um, you know, sometimes I even amaze myself. Um, But again, it's literally... I did not plan this. Yes. I literally was just putting one foot in front of the next, in front of the next, in yeah, front of the man. next. And I think the thing that um, that really helped me to even, you know, spark that interest in me writing over my children is I, I, I remember as an adult, I saw, you know, because I'm, I'm the first child. So I have two other siblings, my sister and my brother. And I remember, you know, the first one is always the sort of guinea pig. But then also <laughs> the parents, they do... You know, they're just so excited about the first, first one. one yeah. And so I came across a book that my mom and my dad had created for me. Uh, and, you know, my mom, she was into sewing at the time. So she actually sewed a book. Oh, like the wow. book is actually yeah. made out of cloth. Oh, and wow. so the book is it's a green and white book and it has the letter V for Vanessa. And so, the, you know, I go through this book and I'm looking at all of these baby pictures. And then there was something that was so precious to me that stood out. Um, and it was basically, they were writing over my life. Um, you know, my mom, she wrote, you know, things about me and my dad wrote things about me. And what was funny is the reason why I still remember it. Cause I was like, wow, you know, you just never know who's writing over your life. And yes. that's the thing that's good or bad. That's good so or that's bad. what I'm saying. Like, I want to offer my protection to my grandchildren before anyone, anyone even meets, meets them. them. Yeah, you know, they already have that covering that's over That's the covering them. that's covered most of us even until date. Exactly. What our grandparents have, you know, it, it's either covering a positive or a negative. Negative, word. right, yeah. right, right, right. So the thing is, is that what was very interesting with my mom, and I, and I, I think it's just so precious. My mom... She more spoke to the character that she wanted me to have. Gotcha. My dad more so spoke on the accomplishments that, that he, he wanted me to have. have. And when I looked at him, I'm like, wow, 
they never told me about this book, but I've actually accomplished mm-hmm. a lot what they wanted. Wow. So I was like, the manifestation is very real. And, you know, we have no control over who our children will meet, who they may become, but we can do our very best to give them the covering, yeah. you know, whether we meet them, you know, or not. And when I say our children, I'm not just speaking of my physical children, like that will come right after me. But again, like, you know, the children that I have yet to meet, they may not know my name, but they'll have my covering and that's good enough for me. Oh, wow. That's, that's dope. It's something I started doing like um, a few weeks ago. I, I listened to um, L Nightingale mm-hmm. and he was talking about writing stuff down yeah. and goals. Yeah. Usually I write goals and just stick it in the wall. Mm-hmm. But I had this part where he said, write it and put it in your pocket. Absolutely. And move around with it. Absolutely. Feel it, like, you know. And and I remember I wrote this specific goal. Mm-hmm. The, the week I tried it, like, I did my pocket and within a few days I achieved that goal. Mm. It was that, it was like, whoa. And that's the thing, like, again, because when you're writing it, you're speaking over your life and no one has greater power of speaking over your life than you. The only other being is, I feel like, is God himself. himself, You know, but, you know, we, we, and and that's the thing. What's the verse, what two people can walk together except they agree? Yes. um, Or, 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 I forgot the verse. I forgot the verse. And I'm not, and and forgive me for those that are like, you know, Bible people out there. But like, what that's basically saying is that in order for people to walk together, they have to agree. Yeah, agree. So if you are writing over your life and God already wants goodness for your life. And it matches together. It has to come to pass. pass, Now, the way he works may be different than what you think, think, but the actual success and what you're going to achieve, like you're going to have a prosperous life. Yes. yes, You're going, yeah, you have to. Wow. So, um, but yeah, that, again, I, I'm I'm not even just speaking from. I, I feel like I came on this podcast because it was like, okay, speak from your business. But I'm, as you can see, it's I'm a, speaking from a business whole, perspective, professor, you know, child whole, of God whole, perspective. Like these are all different parts. Yes, yeah, yes, these yes. are different parts of me. So, and yeah. this is what this podcast is for. It's not just for one section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It's everything: spiritual, you know, financial. Mm-hmm. You know, um, physical, like everything put together that mm-hmm. makes you a whole mm-hmm, mm-hmm. human. That's 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 what it covers. So I I really love you taking your time to go outside of the conversation, mm-hmm. go personal, share your like you know stories about. I know someone. There's no way like I am definitely leaving this conversation and going to write about my kids. And if you have not <laughs> said it, I I didn't even know someone did. I didn't even know people do that. Like yeah, okay, right. So like I'm just like, can we just have this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm over here having to be like, okay, no, let me go ahead and, and, no, and get that no, uh, no. recording. <laughs> it is, it is powerful. Mm. My last question is: so, when you write this stuff, do you write them down in a specific book, like your journal? Do you have one book, or you just? So, because yeah. my question, I write everywhere. I don't have one book. So, when I was first, I'm gonna be honest. When I first uh, got into journal writing, sometimes I would write in my journal, but sometimes I would write in other places. I would yeah. write them, especially like if I didn't have my journal, I would write them in my notes on my phone. Yeah. Um, but I, I try to solely write in my journal to keep track. And I have this weird thing about me, like I love leather journals. Yeah. Um. So like. I, I've kind of gotten bougie to where, like, if it's not a letter journal, I don't want to write it. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But I, I, and I always make sure that I finish one journal before the next, but I save all of my journals, all of them. So I have journals from years ago. And so for me, you know, you know, that's going to be something that I pass on. Like that's like, I've even said that, you know, I think it's a little too early to write my will, but in my will, I will say, keep these in the family so that again, my grandchildren, my great grandchildren, my great, 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 great grandchildren can actually see this is the experience of our grandmother when she was in her youth. These are the frustrations, the daily frustrations that she had, you know, because I'll be honest, like, you know, I mean, as much as I want to present myself as like, oh, I'm this perfect Christian. I'm not. I have written all types of frustrations and curse words in that journal because I'm just like, this is how I'm feeling today. I don't care. Forget this. Yada, 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 yada. (laughs) You know, but I think that your message, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with T.D. Jakes, the reason why I feel like his message it resonates with us so much is because you really can tell that he's not just telling you what sounds good, but he's really speaking from lived Mm, experience. You know, here's a man who, who was so influential and still is influential. Like he's still growing in his sixties. That's what I love about him. But like, you know, there was years ago, I think his daughter, she got pregnant at like 13 yeah, I know. and had her child Jesus at 14. Christ, yeah, that's you know, story, you think man. about how did he handle that in that in situation? That situation and still and he, and, right, and, and grow. Right. And the thing about it is sometimes people think, oh my God, I'm getting attacked. I'm getting attacked. Again, what we were saying earlier, you can continue to elevate, elevate and still, still be getting attacked. Yes. I've, a lot of times it occurs simultaneously. And then also, last thing that I want to say um, before we wrap up, you have to get comfortable with being rejected. Mm. Rejection is just a redirection. Mm. I have gotten actually rejected more times in my life than I've actually gotten yes. But for what I can say for my life is that the rejections taught me way more, more than, than the than actual acceptance. acceptance. Yeah. Wow. Honestly, if anybody can listen to this podcast at the end, I think their life would change. Like, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> This is something that I have to listen again because damn Vanessa, you you dropped a lot of bombs on yeah. this podcast. Like okay. I would I would love to still have you again. Yeah, I would love to like join. I mean, I I again, like I mean, even though of course, you know, I'm on your podcast, I just want to first off say thank you so much for having me. Oh, man. Because you say that it's therapeutic for you, but honestly, it's been therapeutic for me. And like that's the thing. Like when you have people that are pure in their intention and their good energy like i mean you just you never know where the next blessing is coming so from yeah. and people always need people that are always trying to self-improve Prove. you know like, what i'm saying real, like that's the if thing you're not growing you're dying that's that's just how i like that like, i like that look real. at you dropping bombs i had to, the last. I had to, I had to. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note <laughs> if you're not growing you're, you're dying growing, you're dying like for real you gotta keep growing right and and shout out to um someone like you, like, cause I, cause like, I'm living here with a few things to start doing. You get it, mm-hmm. right? A few things to start practicing, and that wouldn't be possible if you if you if you weren't here on the podcast today. Aww. You get it, right? Thanks, like, lucky. I'm gonna start like writing stuff about my future, my kids, and everyone. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's just a line, like you said, just be general, and then slowly get to that place where you can write specific things. You yeah, get it, right? like that's. Like even cute. even when it comes to like okay, children, children. and you write just what, what you want their what character, you want to be. character to be. Yeah. Damn. 
Okay. You want them to be kind. You want them to be intelligent, not just God book fearing. smart, but right. Yeah. God fearing. Yeah. You know, because leaders. Most, yeah. You know. Like I feel, parents needs to like. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not speaking for everyone, but as a as a father, I want to be specific with what I want my kids to be. I just mm. don't want my kids to just come into an anyhow world that there's mm. no. I want my kids to know that this is, this is it. Mm-hmm. You get it right, mm-hmm. like, cause some kids are just out of control now. Yeah, they and, are. And parents don't even know how to parent kids. You yeah, know? and especially with social media. Social like, I mean, media. if there's like every like social media is not even filtered to where like a ten year old can be on social media, but like depending on what page they go to, they're exposed to things way earlier than what they should I'm be. Telling you, yeah. Oh my god. That's a whole different topic for another day, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, Vanessa, how can people reach out to you? Like, you know, people need your service. Like, you know, they've had these conversations. Like, I want to work with Vanessa. I got you. you. I got you. Okay, so um, I actually don't have my website up yet. So That's I'm going to go ahead and give uh, you a couple of my um, emails that I have. So first, there's uh, Vanessa. That's spelled V-A-N-E-S-S-A dot Janelle. J-A-N-E-L dot Nicholson, N-I-C-H-O-L-S-O-N at gmail.com. So it's Vanessa dot Janelle dot Nicholson at gmail.com. Or they can reach out to me uh, via my Tufts email, and that's Vanessa dot Nicholson at Tufts dot edu. And Tufts is spelled T-U-F-T-S. So, yeah, um, please be on the lookout for... Uh, the website that's coming along again. The business is named Milprin. That's M I L P R I N. So it's Milprin LLC. I offer health consult, health equity uh, consulting services, uh, and that's for um, patients and clients as well as providers uh, who may not necessarily understand about health equity, but may want to improve their own profession uh, as they continue to serve a diverse clientele. Wow. So I'm not surprised that we had this conversation. Okay, me I'm either. not surprised that this happened. I know. Because the very first day, like, I met you in that van, and you spoke so much about the black community and health and all that. Mm-hmm. I was like, like, so everything, like, it makes sense mm-hmm. that we're here today. Yeah, It makes sense is. that we're, we're, we're talking about this conversation here today because that's something that I've known you to be so passionate about. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you can never have a conversation, general conversation with Vanessa, and she wouldn't take it to the health you know, <laughs> and in the black health community, like, yeah, like yeah. It, it, it's hard. It's hard. Unless you get to talking, unless y'all just talking about completely, completely different. But once it gets to that public realm, yeah, what is that going to right, Yeah, so right. I am really not surprised that this is happening. Why am I saying this is because I know how passionate you are about this. Mm. Yeah, right. This is not just something that you're doing for the money. It's something that you're doing really to help the people out there. Right, right, you right. You saw a problem and uh, you're trying to bring solutions so whoever that's listening to this podcast mm. you know like vanessa is someone that i would i would give a try yeah everyone should give her a try you get awesome. right she's awesome. small business support small business but also she's one of us so guys um thank you so much for listening to this podcast vanessa thank you so much for coming on this thank podcast thank you lucky. i whew, <laughs> Look, you have to send me the recording of what we talked about. I need to use that as motivation when I'm I'm down I'm myself. No, no, this is I even post I'll post a few videos on, on Instagram about like oh, okay. I'll cut like fifty seconds of what we talk and just post on Instagram so people can listen to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like so much was said in here today that you know people will pay money to listen to. You get it, right? Yeah, so yeah. so with that said on guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It was a long one. 
<laughs> but we couldn't help it. Vanessa We really just, couldn't. We're going to come back for part two, okay? Yes. We'll come yes. back for part two. So remain blessed and I'll see y'all later. Peace. Bye. Bye.